Welcome to the Breath Magazine podcast. Learn more about Breath Magazine and sign up for our newsletter to receive the latest news and updates at our website, breathmagazine.com. And now for today's episode. Today the message is about the sufferings of Christ, or actually more specifically, preaching the sufferings of Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Galatians 3.1. And I hope you do have your Bibles because I want you to read what your particular translation says about this particular verse, because we're going to dive deep down into what Paul is really saying here. Now, to give you uh, a little bit of backdrop before we get started, Paul had preached in the region of Galatia, and then later on he heard reports that the Christians there were starting to turn away from the faith. And so His letter to the Galatians, which we call the Book of Galatians, is in response to this uh, turning. Now, in 3.1, he writes this, and I'm reading from the NRSV version. He writes, You foolish Galatians, we might say today, you stupid Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly exhibited as crucified. Now we want to take a look at this scripture closely and what Paul's really saying here. Now all the translations that I went through basically say the same thing. Let me read a few of them. The ESV puts it this way. It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. The NET version says this. Before your eyes, Jesus Christ was vividly portrayed as crucified. The NIV says, Before your eyes, or before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And then the New Jerusalem Bible says, After you had a clear picture of Jesus Christ crucified right in front of your eyes. Now, the reason why I read all those is because the gist of all these translations is that Paul came preaching, and his preaching consisted mostly of him preaching about Golgotha. It's kind of like, um, you know, the the translations make it sound like Uh, Paul came to the Galatian Christians and he basically did an oral rendition of Mel Gibson's movie to them. You know, the idea being that uh, when, when the NET says vividly portrayed as crucified, it's kind of like the idea is that Paul was preaching the minutia of a man being crucified on a cross by the Romans. You know, and so what we hear with the preaching, you know, these Galatians, these Galatian Christians, they weren't up on Golgotha and they didn't see the actual crucifixion. And so the line of preaching is this, that Paul told the story of the crucifixion crucifixion so compellingly, it was almost like being there or like an IMAX movie. But here's the thing. And this is one reason why I came back to this verse after going through some other verses in the New Testament. The thing is that Paul wasn't that great of a preacher. He wouldn't make it on today's 
preaching circuit because he just really wasn't all that good at preaching the gospel. Let me read to you a couple verses. One is 1 Corinthians 1.17. There, Paul writes this. He says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, now get this, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. Now notice what Paul says about himself. He said, I was was sent to proclaim the gospel, but I actually really didn't do it all that well. I wasn't all that eloquent with it. 2 Corinthians 10.10 says this, and this is about uh, the Corinthians speaking about Paul, you know, after he had come and preached to them. It says, for they say his letters are weighty and strong, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. Now think about that a minute. God had called Paul, Paul the apostle, to proclaim the gospel, and he's almost like a, uh, at that time, uh, a modern-day Moses. You know, Moses, when he was called, he says, hey, I'm, I stutter. I can't, I can't do what you're asking me to do. I'm not the guy that you want to appear in front of Pharaoh. Well, Paul was kind of the same way by his own admission and also by the criticisms of the Corinthians. You know, by the time that uh, Paul got around to writing the letters to the Corinthians, it was an urban church filled with more, you know, well-to-do Christians than it first started out being. And so the Christians there were used to speakers. They were used to the eloquent uh you know, the eloquent speakers that would go from place to place as, you know, itinerant preachers in a sense. And they had the opportunity to follow the Peters, the, the Apollosis. And when it came to Paul, they said, you know, his letters are weighty. But boy, when he comes into town, you know, the, the two just don't line up. His speech is contemptible. Let me share another one with you. And that is 2 Corinthians 11.5. Paul writes this. He says, I think I am not in the least inferior to these super apostles. Now he's comparing himself to the better speakers, really. And he says, I may be untrained in speech, but not in knowledge. That's part of his defense of, you know, the the Corinthians were starting to wonder about him because his speech was so contemptible. And he says, hey, well, I don't think I come behind with these super apostles. I may be untrained in speech, but not in knowledge. Now, you take those three verses and you go back to Galatians 3.1 and you have to ask the question, how is it? that he could betray the crucifixion so vividly to the Galatians, but he couldn't do anything like that with the Corinthians. And that's my point. Somehow the two don't jive. So when you go back to the, uh, when you go back to Galatians 3.1, 
you see that the translation turns on one Greek word, and it's proegraphe. Um, and that particular Greek word has two meanings to it. The primary meaning is written beforehand or written in the past. The second dairy definition is to set forth as a public notice or to publicly play card. So what you see with all the translations that I read to you is that the translators have made a judgment call for the secondary definition, that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified before your very eyes. That's the tact that they took um, in Galatians 3.1. But you know, like I said, that is not the primary definition. The primary definition is to write beforehand. Now, let me give you a couple verses to show how that is translated in other verses, in other parts of the New Testament. Here you have Romans 15.4, which Paul wrote Romans. And he writes here, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. He uses the word there. And so it's translated in the former days was written for our instruction. You have Ephesians 3.3, 3, where Paul writes, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I wrote before in a few words. Not as I publicly portrayed in a few words. No, it's as I wrote before. So, so what do we do with Galatians 3.1? Well, let's use the primary definition and apply that to that particular verse. And what do we get? We get Paul writing this, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was written beforehand or written in the past as having been crucified. Now, that, that's a little bit wonky because that's my, transla my translation of the literal Greek. But what the gist of it is... Uh, what Paul is saying to the Galatians is, is what? He's saying, look, I showed you that Jesus Christ was shown as written beforehand, basically as written in Old Testament scripture, as having been crucified. So it's not that, you know, Paul came into town and was such a great preacher, and, you know, everybody oohed and awed about how he could recount the details of a man being crucified in between two thieves. Because that's the way that it's portrayed. In fact, years and years ago, when I read that those translations, that's what I set out to do. It's like, okay, well, if Paul uh, could preach the crucifixion so vividly in front of them, then I need to do the same thing. And so I need to research the medical aspects of the crucifixion. I need to figure out exactly how a man dies by crucifixion. I need to know all the ins and outs about being nailed to a cross and how long, uh, you know, someone hangs on a cross and all that kind of thing. And back when I did it, there wasn't any information on that at all. Um, after a couple years of looking, I finally found one book where a surgeon had gone through about the mechanics of crucifixion. 
But the thing is, that's not what Paul was saying here. He's saying that when he came and preached the gospel, he proved the crucifixion through Old Testament scripture and that Christ was the Messiah and that, it had, and that the Old Testament had prophesied that he was going to suffer before he was raised up in glory. Now, let me show you how consistent that translation is to Paul's own MO when it comes to, say, the book of Acts. In Acts 26, verses 22 and 23, this is what he writes, or this is what his testimony is as recorded by Luke. He says, To this day I have had help from God, and so I stand here testifying to both small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would take place, that the Messiah would suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. You see how that is consistent with this translation of Galatians 3.1. Paul says that he has been testifying to both small and great, and that would include the Galatians, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would take place, that the Messiah must suffer. He was proving up the crucifixion through Old Testament scripture. Let's look at another place, Acts 28. It reads, After they had set a day to meet with him, they came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. And they're coming to, to hear Paul. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. So what's it saying in Acts 28? Well, he had people, mostly Jews, coming to see him in his house arrest. And from morning until evening, he would take the Old Testament scriptures and prove to them that it was Jesus that was prophesied about both from the law of Moses, that's the Pentateuch, and from the prophets. So he wasn't showing the Galatians a movie about the crucifixion. He showed them how the crucifixion and actually the spiritual side of Jesus' sufferings have been prefigured in books such as Jonah, Isaiah, Psalms, and even the law of Moses. Now you wonder... Where in the law of Moses was it prefigured that Jesus was going to be crucified? Well, one place is Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23. There it says, When someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and is executed, you hang him on a tree. His corpse must not remain all night upon the tree. You shall bury him that same day. For anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. You must not defile the land that the Lord your God is giving you for possession. Now, a lot of people haven't even heard that verse in connection with the crucifixion. But Paul quotes uh, Deuteronomy 21, 22, and 23 in Galatians, what? 3.13, just 12 verses down from where we're reading. Then you have books like Jonah. In Jonah, uh, Jonah usually isn't 
it isn't cited for anything related to the crucifixion except the three days and three nights. But when you go through the book of Jonah, especially after he's swallowed up by the fish, you see that he starts praying psalms. In fact, uh, Jonah, what? Jonah 2, 2 through 2, 9 are all echoes of psalms. And when you put all the psalms together, you see that these psalms are actually the prophetic voice of Christ himself enduring the sufferings associated with the crucifixion. It's uncanny. In fact, you can go through Psalm 69, Psalm 18, Psalm 40, um, Psalm 31. They're all in there, and they, they all overlap one another. Uh, we go through this in breath number two, one of our feature articles, but Jonah is a prophetic voice of the sufferings of Christ, and it's the kind of thing that Paul was showing the Galatians. Then you go over to, uh, just as an example, you go to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, 3 and 4 says this, He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity, as one from whom others hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. That's all associated with crucifixion. That's all associated with Jesus' sufferings. And that's what Paul was doing in Galatians 3.1. That's what he's referring to. And if that weren't enough, let's listen to Christ himself. Go back to um, after the resurrection on the road to Emmaus. If you remember, there was a disciple on the road to Emmaus with a friend of his. The disciple's name was Cleopas. And the two of them were walking down the road, and they were talking about the events of the day, talking about the crucifixion and how they thought that Jesus might have been the Messiah. And what? A stranger comes up and starts walking with them. And the stranger turns out to be the resurrected Christ. Now, in Luke 22, 25, and 27, listen to what Jesus says to them and uh, listen to it with an ear towards Galatians 3, 1. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Wasn't it necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Listen to this. Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted the scriptures to them, the things about himself in all the scriptures. Or actually, it reads, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. Well, the scriptures at that time were the Old Testament. So, so you see, when you go back to Galatians 3.1, um, I think it's a mistranslation to say that Paul was giving them an IMAX movie of the crucifixion. Yes, the crucifixion was horrible. And yes, it's a horrible way to die. But there are other uh, ways that people have died in history that actually are arguably just as bad on the physical side. 
But what Paul was doing is that he was showing how Jesus had to suffer as Israel's Messiah before he entered into his glory, and he did that through the Old Testament. And that's what he's referring to in Galatians 3.1. It was the preaching of those things, those sufferings, that brought the Galatians into the receiving of the Spirit and the working of miracles in their midst. Listen to Galatians 3.2. Paul writes, The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Believing what they heard was the sufferings about the old, in the Old Testament scriptures. You go down a few lines to Galatians 3, 5, and Paul says, Well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by you doing works of the law, or by your believing what you heard? You see, God does miracles by what? Confirming his word, and his word was how the Messiah would suffer and then enter into his glory. So the next time you read Galatians 3.1, keep in mind that publicly portrayed should really be interpreted or translated as written in the past, written beforehand. It opens up the scriptures wide, wide to the sufferings of Christ, and that is what brings people to faith. Amen. So let me conclude with a benediction. I pray may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. Amen.